Welcome, everybody, to the Building Aaronsburg podcast. I'm Thomas Aaronsburg. And I'm Catherine Aaronsburg. And today, kind of in a continuation of our last episode, we talked about college. Today, we're going to talk about our first jobs. Does that mean that we're... No, well, my first... You're talking about our first professional job? Are you talking about our I first job ever? Uh, wherever, wherever you want to start. Because my first job Take ever it away. was before college. Okay. And we're talking about jobs for other employers, am I right? Well, you're the only person that's worked for yourself in this room. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Okay. Because I was an amazing boss to myself. If we're just starting out with our yeah. first, first jobs, I was like, Catherine, what do you think about this? You're doing an amazing job, Catherine. Okay. Continue the hard work. Good job. So, what was your first job then? My first job was at a local dry cleaners. And your duties entailed? Uh, they entailed getting, you know, receiving the dirty clothing from the customers. Mm hmm. Going through all the pockets to make sure that people hadn't left things in oh, their clothes. I bet you found some real interesting I things never, in the pockets. I never found anything interesting, but there was definitely lots of stories going around about the things that people were finding uh, in I the bet pockets. You, yeah, no doubt. And then you had to tag it. You know, the person got the same number. All your items got the same number. So you had to know how many items they had, pin them. You know, they didn't have... Any, at least the, the dry cleaner I worked at, we safety pinned every single one of the paper yeah. tags on. And then you send it to the back. You uh, So not, you didn't do any of the cleaning. You were just no, kind of like a receiving. The counter person, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. I would go out, get the person's name, you know, all their information. They had a drive through so you'd work the drive through and you'd work the front desk, whichever way they were coming. It was a busy job. Yeah. And then they also had, um, they rented Mardi Gras. Yeah tails or whatever so in mobile alabama we had this dress code to go to mardi gras balls and you have to wear tails and most people don't buy a set of tails so they'll go and rent them every year from wherever a place like that and this dry cleaner had that's what they did they did cleaning and they had a whole rental department for tails of course there's weddings too and things like that but these were like the standard yeah tails mardi gras things yeah so you did that in college Mm, I don't remember. High school? I guess it was college. It had to have been college. But I don't really remember. My memory is so bad. I mean, all that stuff that we talked about last week about running track, and then I started talking, your family came in town this weekend. So we were kind of going over all that stuff. I was in Baton Rouge for Katrina when Hurricane Katrina happened, which was yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of it. 9-11 happened while I was at college. I remember exactly where I was when the plane was hitting, but... I don't remember anything surrounding it. I don't remember anything really surrounding Katrina very much. I have blips and faded memories, but for the most part, I don't remember a lot of, I just, I don't remember a lot of stuff. So I don't know if I was working at the cleaning place in high school or in college. I don't remember either. Now I did go out to California to live with my sister for one summer. I think that was my sophomore year of college Mm -hmm. and um, she was living out, in the East Bay of San Francisco, and I worked at a Safeway, um, making sandwiches in the deli and Ooh. like the slicing deli yeah. meat. So I learned all about um, the because you know California. That's, is that where you learned about your cheeses? Uh, I have, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I you're doubt very it. particular about your I'm cheese. S- good lord! Didn't know if that's where it's so annoying to me when other people don't know about cheese. I don't know why I think it's so important for people to know about cheese, but. If you work in a restaurant, you should know what kind of cheese you're serving yeah, people. Am I, I wrong? No, yeah. This all comes up. This is a, look. If you want to get into cheese, there's I been. Don't, okay. I don't want to get into cheese. Okay. But 
let's just say that people in the restaurants around here that serve certain kinds of cheese don't even have any idea what the kinds of cheeses they are they're yeah. serving. Anyway, so I worked in California for a summer at Safeway, which is a grocery store there. My sister was living there, and I went to stay with her for a summer just to be in California and be with her and work a job. And um, everything's very different in California, as you probably can yeah. imagine. Um, their rules are dif- different. They're very stringent. Safeway is a very stringent company as far as, like, safety is concerned with, you know, we're slicing it's meat. Safeway. Oh, boy. The safe way to slice the meat. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know, I'm slicing this deli meat. You have to wear, like, a special glove and you have to sanitize everything you know all these all i mean i'm not saying other places don't have these rules but it was like you had to do it the way Mm -hmm. they had secret shoppers that would come through and you'd get a rating all the time when you're a secret shopper and so that's where i learned about a lot of that kind of stuff and then there in the course you're in the deli so they would you would make sandwiches too for people they would come through for lunch and you would make them sandwich like subway you got to they tell you what they want on their sandwich I remember I got yelled at one time by a guy who's just been an absolute jerk to me about how I made his sandwich or whatever. And, um, you know, I, people always say that everyone should have a job in a restaurant or retail mm-hmm. because you start to yeah, realize. You learn about customers. Well, you learn about with... how crappy people treat you and then right. you don't want to go treat people like that. You're yeah. aware. It's that, it's that awareness yeah. that we always oh, talk about and empathy for others. And so um, I learned some of that, I think, there. I, w- I will say I didn't work a waitress job ever. I've never been a waitress and I've never worked in a department store or any kind of service. I mean, a retail industry like that right. where day in and day out, you know, for years I'm working with, with customers. So I've, I've gotten it touches of it, but I mean, working in a dry cleaner is not the same. Sure. I don't think in working at the deli department is not the same. Like you slice the meat, you know, right. like it's not, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Um, so anyway, I guess I've I've touched on that stuff. Those were my first jobs, and um, they were both, you know, there wasn't a lot of like boss interaction. They weren't professional jobs. Yeah, they're entry level jobs. Yeah, yeah, and you don't know, require at, a lot of skill. Yeah, and at Safeway, you know, they're training you, and at some point, you have to enter into the union. Ooh. At Safeway, wow! And it was like if you worked there longer than six months, oh, you so had you were not, whatever it was. But you're I not was, part of the Safeway Union. Cur- no, I'm not. I am not currently a member of the Safeway <laughs> Union in California. But um, it was even like I mean, when was that? Twenty years ago or more? Yeah, probably. probably. Um, so yeah, there was a certain amount of time like you could work outside the union, and then after that, you had to join it. And mm-hmm. I did not work there long enough. I was just working so that summer. Have, you didn't have your union fees and stuff no right well but then they have to pay you a certain amount too i remember uh, when i was working at safeway circa 2003 ish mm-hmm. the cashiers were getting paid 18 dollars an hour the union ones yeah well i mean yeah anyone who had been there longer than six months or a year That's insane. they were getting paid 18 dollars an hour to to scan your groceries but the cost of living over there is very high also like astronomical and it's only right. gotten higher so that's probably not a great paying job over there i don't know i don't know i have no i had no pers- no perspective on that whatsoever yeah. i was riding my bike to work i had my sister or my brother-in-law's bike and i was riding their bike to work living the life in california every day was sunny and yeah pretty weather and just got to like hike and bike around and i mean, it was great mm. for a summer so those are my first two jobs and then when I graduated from college, um, I think I actually worked a summer in a landscape architect's office here locally in Mobile the summer before I graduated from college. Yeah. And then I got a job with, with him with him after college as well. So I had already worked with him in an office before I graduated. Yeah. And um, 
that was definitely an eye-opening experience as far as what working in an actual landscape architect's office is right. like. Because if you guys are not graduated college or haven't worked a professional job, if you're a younger pers- person listening, um, here's a real, real trippy fact. Uh, when you get out in the real world, what you do for a living almost 0% resembles what you learned in college if you went to college. Right. It, for that specific For that specific, content. yes. I mean, I... I had a degree in landscape architecture, but I went in the office and I was doing a lot of CAD work, which generally is what people yeah. I would do right Again, out of college. Again, that's entry level stuff. Sure, but as far as, I mean, it just it just wasn't the same at right. all whatsoever. And so I learned a ton about the practical end of um, designing for a client, a real client, you know. Right. Um, and then within that, you know, you're working with people. You have to. I was in a very small office. So there was four of us total: the boss, the secretary, another CAD guy, and me. And so, when you're working in a small office, everybody. I mean, you can hear everybody, you can see everything. Like everybody's very all up in everybody's business yeah. as much as you possibly can yeah. be. Um, and you try to keep quiet and not. If you don't want something, somebody to hear something, you better be real careful about it. So we all got to know each other well, and um, but. Ultimately, all that being that said, job. you didn't like working those type of jobs, so right. I mean, you didn't like working for I somebody. Didn't, no, I always knew that I would own my own business. And which really, I guess, if you go even further back, I guess you could say your first job really was probably like cutting grass or babysitting. That's why I asked you in the beginning if we were talking about me being my own boss or with other jobs because those no, I was were like my you're talking first... about like your first job as the owner of your own company. I always worked for myself until I started working at the dry cleaner. I'd always cut grass. I'd always gone out, you know, shopping and reselling things. I was always piddling and earning money somehow. Right. But then I went to work for someone in several different capacities over time. And yeah, I didn't, I don't like just going to work and getting a paycheck. That's not good enough for me. I have ideas about how things could be better and you can't ever really do anything better when you're working for somebody else. They have their own ideas. They're putting their perspective into how to run their business, which is fine. It's their business. Well, unless you're interested in like working up the ladder and... Getting one sure. of those leadership positions and yeah, making a difference that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm the type of person who would work 100 hours a week for myself, but for somebody else, it makes me want to claw my eyeballs out, honestly. Yeah. So, anyway, that's how, I mean, I, I am doing what I should be doing, in my opinion. I'm doing it the way I should be doing it. Yeah, working for yourself. Mm-hmm. Doing things your way. Yeah. I know that sounds so, it sounds like... So not selfish, maybe, but you know, you always hear people. Well, you think it's so easy, go do it. You go do it, Mm -hmm. and um, it's not easy. I'm not saying what I do is easy. My job is not easy. Uh, Being the boss, having employees, none of it is easy. In fact, it's it's very stressful. It would be way less stressful for me to go to a job from nine to five, right? And and just unplug when you leave. Oh Yeah. yeah, so much easier, right? But it's just not who I am, right? So don't don't think by me saying this that I've taken the easy path to life because I haven't. Entrepreneurship is extremely lonely. It's extremely difficult, um, and it's not for everybody. Um, I, I'm also in an industry now where I see it day in and day out. Contractors who are hiring laborers it is very difficult for them to find good labor to work for them and then once they find the labor the labor works for them for six months nine months and they start thinking 
hey, I could do this. Yeah, I, could do I this see how much own. money's coming in. Yeah, I need to get. They they think they see how much money's right. coming in, or they do see how much money. They see how much in. coming in. They don't see the money going out. They have no idea what's going out. They so have they no- just see it coming in. It's like, man, that's a lot of money coming into this place. I would love to know the general mindset behind. Um, people who laborers who who have that mindset, they come in, they work somewhere, they see how much money is coming in. I I would love to be in their head to hear what they think because I'm I'm imagining that they are know how much everybody on their group gets paid, and they're adding mm-hmm. it all up in their head, and they're seeing how much these bids come in for, and they they see how much coming in, but right. they don't see insurance, um, utilities, office. Um, you know, having to hire a bookkeeper to keep right. track of it all, like all Taxes. of this. Thing. Oh, tax. Yes. All of it. It has to go all, out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. It's right. a lot. And not just knowing what those fees are from like knowing that they're going out, but knowing that those fees even exist that you have to pay them. There's, <laughs> right. I mean, there's stuff that's come if up you for don't, me. You'll find out the hard way. You'll get a fine, get a fine. for not having yes. paid something. Yeah, so a lot of these people are very good at being a laborer. They're very good at their craft. They're sure. great, uh, you know, they can, they're great at laying sod or they're great at running a, a bulldozer or they're great at all these things that doesn't make them a good business person. Right. And those are two very different things. Um, and I'm not saying I'm good at either one of those things, but I've seen some really bad ones. Yeah. And I've definitely seen people um, ruin their careers trying to – trying to earn money to own a business when they would have been way better off just being that's that's that labor just be the laborer. Yeah. I, I can give you I'm not gonna name names, but I know an example right now of someone who is a subcontractor um to a a general contractor and he was on his own. He was running his own business and he was underbidding jobs left and right. He was mm-hmm. not getting paid enough. And so the general contractor is like, look, man, you come work for me. I will pay you X number of dollars an hour. You'll make more than you were making running your own company. You can leave at five. You know, it's and been you're a, done. Yeah. You're done. It benefits the contra- the general contractor because he has a laborer under him right. all the time who's extremely skilled at his job. He's motivated. Who's motiv- I mean, if he can yes. run his own business, he's self-motivated. Yes. And then on the flip side, the, the laborer doesn't have to worry about paying any bills or doing anything, Making, going out and looking at bids. jobs. Yeah. yeah, the general does all of it. And all right. they have to do is just do what they love, which is their skill. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. There's just a lot of people right now getting very big, too big for their britches, and saying, I am a really good painter, so I should go and own a paint my own, you know, painting business. Right. Like, no, you should probably go work for a, a general contractor who needs a really good painter. And will pay you well. And will pay you and will well. And find you work consistently. Yes. Consistency and getting paid well are a way better bet. Right. Then, I mean, I've... And then, I've, I mean, in that profession, especially, you know, you work for your regular guy, nine to five, and maybe on the side, you go do a, a job on the side that's under the table. Sure. Yeah, work on the side is fine. You need a little fine. extra cash because Christmas come, sure. know, is coming up. Sure. Sure. All right, you want to go to break and then we'll talk about your first job? Yeah, I got I've worked a lot of jobs, so it might take a while <laughs> to get through them. So, let's go to break and we come back. We'll talk about my business. Welcome back everybody to the Building Ernsberg podcast. We were talking about our first jobs. Catherine <laughs> she's always kind of worked for herself and had a couple of nine to fives, I guess. I have to say, we didn't mention it, but when I worked at those other jobs, except for the one 
that was in my field, I never felt like, ooh, I could be doing this better. It was never like that. Yeah. It was, and in fact, I don't think even, I don't think when I was even at my job, the professional, you know, the landscape architecture job, I wasn't thinking I can do this better. It was never that. Right. Speaking of the person who goes off and owns their own business because they think they can do it better. um, It wasn't because I thought I could do it better. It was just like, I want to do it on my own. Right. I just, I want to. You prefer to do business that way or. Yeah. I just want to work from my house. I can't work for my house working for this person, so I'm going to work for myself. Yeah. That's over interesting here. because I think I have the opposite feeling about it. I've always, with the exception of probably a couple of jobs, I've always worked for somebody. And I, in a lot of ways, I prefer it that way. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, you'd rather someone else have the. Yeah. I'm a very hard worker and I'm good at what I do, whatever it is that I decide to do. I'm really good at what I do, but the managing it and finding jobs and all, I mean, I, I just. But I you just get, don't know. But you get so that. frustrated by, you know, when you want to do something and there's a bunch of red tape. I think tape. that's everybody, though. That's everybody in every profession, unless you work for yourself. Yeah. So, here's my here's my story. Okay, so my first job was at Del Shams. Okay. Um, which is a grocery store. Which is a, it used it to be a grocery, a grocery store. store. It's out of business now. Not because of me. But <laughs> I think so that's kind of, I think that was the first job for all of us. I know my older brother worked there. It was within walking distance of your house. It was within house. walking distance of our house. And we, I mean, it was a regular grocery boy job. You went you out. You the and, bag boy. Yeah, you bagged groceries. You brought the carts back in and stocked the shelves. Now, this is the day before they had the little automatic cart. Oh, yeah. There was a limit. Or... The limit was five. You could not push more than five. That's what they told us. Five? Yes. Did you push that limit ever? All the time. <laughs> You take, I mean, if I was going out there and there were eight in the thing, yeah. I was going to try to get eight. Yeah, you got to take two trips. There's a little bit of a hill, though. You don't realize it at that store. Yeah. There's a little bit of a hill there. I mean, you This is the day before the trouble. cart helper. This is the, in the days before the automatic brakes that they yeah. now put on things that, so that people can't steal them no, out of the parking just, lot. Yeah. Just took all those carts. Um, so I, that was, that, I mean, that wasn't a bad job. You learned about... You know, being somewhere on time and having a schedule, and if if the schedule conflicted, having to talk to your manager about yeah, talk to adults. And I was a, a sophomore in high school. I mean, yeah. it was probably a good first job. Did you ever have anybody tip you? We weren't supposed to take tips, but I do remember oh. helping a lady out one time. And she, <gasps> she she gave you a tip in the parking lot, so mm-hmm. you let her do it. Yeah, I told her that we weren't allowed to, and she's like, "Just don't tell anyone." <laughs> so. <laughs> That shows the difference between me and her. I'd be like, oh, okay. I'll take it back in my pocket. Okay, bye. Sorry. Sorry, kid. (laughs) Sorry, you can't take the tip. See ya. So how long did you stay at that job? I think it was only a summer. Really? I think I did it during the summer. You talk about that job so much. You only worked there one summer? Yeah. Because it went into the school year. It goes into the school year. And then I think I tried. I think I worked on the weekends during the school year. But at some point. It just, like, I couldn't do it anymore. Sure, but you only worked one, you didn't work all the summers during your high school? No. Just one? I had a different summer job every year. Oh, okay. Let's list them That out. was my sophomore year. All right. Del Shams. My junior year, I sold knives. Uh, that was junior year of high oh, that school? That might have been senior year. No, I don't know. It was junior year. I was a customer service rep at a car warranty place. All of your jobs are, if you... <laughs> If y'all know Thomas, so I answered they're very phones. unlike him. I answered phones, and we had a script that we had to follow. And if you remember that one episode of The Office where Michael has to get that night job, yeah, that's I mean that's yes. what I was doing. They would call, and 
Ma'am. I, I would ask for their, what's your contract number? I type it in the computer and I could see everything that they had covered. And it was almost always something that wasn't covered that was broken. Like mm-hmm. they knew how to write those contracts. Mm-hmm. And it was, my air conditioner's broken. What's, what about your air conditioner? It's the compressor. Oh, the compressor's not covered. I mean, it's like, it's always So the, your job was basically to tell people to that To tell people that, yes. They hired an entire flock of people. There was like 12 or so of us. All just to tell people they were not covered that they were not their covered. insurance. Right. Now, in your experience... In the rare case that they were covered, we would have to transfer their call to the claims department, mm-hmm. and they would handle it. But more, like, we would take the initial... And you can imagine how those conversations went. I was going to say, went. how many times you get yelled at? Uh, every day. Every day. It was like every day. And you would have to... As soon as you hung the phone up, it would ring again. Yeah. Like, you would log in on your phone, and as soon as you logged in, it would ring, and it would say how many calls were in the queue... And I remember thinking, like, all the time, I would look around, and I'm just hammering away these phone calls. And I'd look around. There's people chatting. They're hanging out. They're talking. I'm like, how are they doing this? Are you not they're not answering. In? They're not <laughs> answering the phone calls. I didn't know that I had that option. I just, <laughs> I'm sure I had, like, the highest number of calls taken oh my in gosh. that whole place. I just forgot about one of my jobs. Anyway, we can talk about it later after we're okay. done with yours. I just remembered one. Um, that job was miserable. That was a summer job. And when the summer ended, that one I, I left. Like I, yeah. I don't think they were open on the weekends anyway. So like, I Michael couldn't. Scott left his too. His, his was pretty miserable as well. Right. It was, it was time bad. for him to go. Uh, and then my senior year, I sold knives. Cutco knives, guys. Which I did not sell many. I learned a lot about sales, but. I think you in all of these cases, interesting. A lot of these, well, the last two, the Cutco and then the service one, I mean, did you not learn from the service one that extended warranties are crazy and bad ideas? Yeah, yes. You learned that. And in Cutco, you learned probably a lot of it. That's always the most interesting t- thing to me when you would tell these stories was more of the psychology behind right. it and what was happening from the bigger picture. Like, oh, okay, Thomas worked his job. They don't cover anything. Extended warranties are not a good idea. Right. Um, you worked this Cutco knife thing and you start to pick out like who's buying these knives, who's not buying the knives, right. um, what they're buying, what they're spending, why they're doing it, like who they're buying it for, all these kind of like psychological right. things. I don't think so. You know, they sell all these different packages because no one buys an individual knife unless you're my mom. So you have to buy <laughs> like these packages. And it was always like you would have to make these conversations with people, which is I learned so much about sales. Like, yeah. Number one thing about sales is building a rapport and trying to figure out what these people need and then putting it like what package. We have all these different packages for every single possible need a person could have. Mm-hmm. Oh, your your cousin's getting married? Well, we have this set of six table knives that... It's a... Uh... And how do you do that in an hour conversation when your job is to... You had to be good at it. To be there and sell them knives. Because you would make appointments and you'd have to show up to their house. And your job is to sell... Like, they know and you know that your job is to sell them a knife. So I think I did... I mean, I would... I'd have to go back and, like, watch one. But if if they ever got recorded, which they didn't. But I think I did a really good job building rapport with people because I think I am... Like, once you sit down and talk with me, I think I do make good connections with people. But I just couldn't sit, like... When it was time, they taught us, like, you know, you do all these things to create good rapport, and then there's comes a point where it's kind of like, this is the you time. You get the bear lured into the trap, and then you snap. Yes. And I just, you when I would, snap. I would get, I couldn't. I'm like, God, don't buy these knives. They're too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like, I always felt that way, because yeah. I could never see myself spending that much on 
knives. Yeah. They were expensive. And that, I mean, they were quality knives, but. That means, I think that that means that you didn't believe in your product. I didn't. And in it, the that's end, 100% you what it was. I did not believe in that product. I will never buy a cut cut knife. They're good knives. They're really good knives. But I would rather go buy 100 knives from Walmart before I buy one from yeah. Cutco. It's going to cost me the same amount of money. Right. So. You and I are cut from that same cloth. Yeah. So the next summer, we painted houses. Started by painting my okay. grandfather's house. Okay. Hold on. Houses? Yes. What? Who else's house did we you painted, paint? We painted, okay, not complete houses. We painted inside of houses. You don't need to go to the YouTube uh, feed right now so you can see my face because what? We did. You... So we painted our house, uh -huh. and that's when we got the idea, like, we could do this all summer, make lots of money doing this. Uh -huh. But we didn't. We painted, like, we. the next one that we got was, like, a Haley's. It was several rooms inside their house, but we would spend more time playing video games and watching movies over there than we would actually painting their house. Wow. Y'all sound like a typical, typical so construction we laborer. were the typical, yes, without someone to keep us in line. So You weren't the foreman? I was, but... Well, they're all your brothers working with you, right. so nobody's listening and to you. And friends. It was brothers and friends, and it didn't... Okay. It was not a successful business. I don't know. I mean, I could not run my own business because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> at know. least not with my friends like I that. Don't know I mean, if that I would, would call be... it a summer job. We were we were definitely not trying to make a career out of it. Good if so, grief. we would be poor. Now that's a story in and of itself. They spent an entire summer. Him, his four, bro three brothers, two brothers, two. There's just two of my brothers and two of our friends painting this their house, which is a stucco. It's like original mm -hmm. it's stucco. stucco. Yep. With wood uh, fascia board and, and soffits and all that stuff. Um, but it's like 30 feet in the air. The top is two yeah, it's stories. It's a two-story house. It's probably 4,000-square-foot house, 3,000-square-foot yes. house. The ceilings inside are like 10 and a half feet. So right. you have to imagine the second floor is very, very, very tall. And these guys don't have... They didn't have any equipment. No kind of scissor lifts or anything. They no. had, we had a 30-foot extension, extension ladder. Ladders. Yeah. They're all like teetering off the sides of extension ladders with sanders in hand. They're like jarring out of their hands as they're yep. trying anyway it was not here's, OSHA here's safe. the more incredible thing we brushed it they br hand brushed <laughs> hand the brushed entire house the entire i mean house. i just cannot <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous your yeah. your dad and your grandpa were trying to keep y'all busy yeah, they kept us busy and out of that their took hair. a very long time to do um so we painted houses and then the, my next summer i worked at the hospital as a transporter oh <laughs> My lord, there's some stories there too. Not from you, mostly. No, mostly from my brother. brother. My brother and the I same one at... who jumped with Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we were both transporters. We worked in different departments. I worked in transporter the is short for they push gurneys and wheelchairs yeah. around. I mean, That's you transport it. people. We would. So I would. I would show up to my department, which was the X-ray, the radiology department, and uh, Pat worked in cardiology. And they would just like hand you this tag. It had a room number and a name. You'd walk up there. Are you Mr. Smith? You have a x-ray on your whatever. Yep, that's me. You'd put them either in a wheelchair or on a gurney and you'd roll them down there. Was it you or Pat that had to move like a 400-pound person? It was Pat. So, <laughs> And the thing was, too, so mine was all in the same building, like where all the rooms are. Yeah. The x-rays like, are just downstairs. So I, for me, elevator. it was just get them to the elevator, get them, and they're there. Yeah. Pat was in building two, and there was a little incline. A little incline. Y'all, this is it not was, a little <laughs> incline. It was a substantial incline because I, I know exactly the one. 
Which pushing a 400 pound person up and down that would be dangerous. <laughs> Just let him go. <laughs> Put that brake on and hope for the best. So he was, he had so much worse. I don't, and I, you would, I don't know why. Here's I mean, the thing. Transporters sometimes got themselves caught up in having to not just transport. Yes. Sometimes you were helping them help, like, do other things. Like, I think Pat told a story one time about how he had to help lift the person onto a bed from no, a wheelchair. I do. I do that. Oh, that, you do no, that? No, transporters, you have to do that. Oh, my God. I mean, you guys are small. Any person larger than y'all, and y'all are not that big. Right. Like, I feel like every episode of this podcast, we so, talk about how small y'all are, and it's not to just, like, exaggerate that point. It's just that... Everything y'all do. No, there's a method for has, moving them. It, has some it's usually a, there's usually a two. It's if you have to if the person can't. That's the first thing you have to ask them is can they get into the wheelchair on their own power? Mm-hmm. And if they can, you're like, good. All I got to do is hold the back <laughs> of the wheelchair. Like yeah. you lock it. Yeah. You put the legs up so they don't trip over the legs, and then you tell them put their feet down and then just sit back, and you just you're just there to guide them in. Okay, well, I will say that working in the healthcare industry certainly taught you, I'm sure, some things about some people. Oh, my gosh, you see people. so much stuff in a hospital. <laughs> Even as a, I, I tell my students that all the time. Like, if you think you want to work in healthcare, and and you think, well, I'll just work in a lab because I can't do the blood and whatever. I was a transporter, and I did the blood and whatever. Like, it, you just, it's there. I mean, you can't, you no. can't not see it if you're going to work in oh that field. I never worked in a hospital, ever. Oh, no way. Yes, I did. When I was a kid, I was a candy striper. They put me down in medical records, and I thought I was going to die in medical records. I was like, I was a candy striper because this outfit is cute, and I want to be in the gift shop. Yeah. I want to I want to no, sell people gifts. Did. No, they sent me down to medical records. I wanted to hold babies, and I wanted to be in the gift shop. Oh. And those fools sent me down to medical records. Now, this is back in the day when they used carbon paper. Oh, yeah. That whole room smelled like carbon paper, and it made me nauseated. I got out of that job because I thought I was going to throw up. So I got out of that job, and I got to go to the gift shop. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the lady was probably like, Catherine, where do you want to go? And I was like, the gift shop, please. I can't do this carbon paper, but I can do the gift shop. I pounded a, uh, what are those things called? The powder, the BC powder. That's yeah. how gross I felt. Like, I wow. thought I was going to die. So I pounded a B. I went up to the gift shop and I got some BC powder. <laughs> How do I get a job in this gift shop while I'm here? <laughs> Buy this BC powder. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to digress. I just remembered about no, that so job. That was, I mean, that was my last summer job that was not because then at the around the same time I was in college, I started coaching football. And so during the summer, I was coaching football also. So that was like the last summer job that I had where I was actually free during the summer. You know how people go, this is my last first kiss. Coaching football for you is your last, last first, first job. You've been coaching for 20 years now, I yeah. think. Yeah. Good grief. So the other right. job I had, back to me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Let's toss it back over there. <laughs> the other job I had in college. Do you know about this job? You did like accident reports or something yes okay so i went to lsu which is the state college and so i don't know why they did it on campus but i would imagine this happens a lot at state colleges all over where they have a building or lots of buildings where they are doing government business of some mm-hmm. sort on the campus and i got a job basically if you got a ticket on an interstate in the state of louisiana the tickets or an accident, any of that stuff, all those reports 
would come to my office, to our office. And there was a room full of people who would have to take the paper ticket and manually enter in the date, the time, information about the accident. It's like, I, I don't even know where it yeah. went after that. but Just some database. That probably. I mean, I'm sure it goes to stats, stats and all kinds yeah. of things mm-hmm. for the state. Well, I did car accidents. There was a special girl in the office who did fatalities. Ooh. She only did fatalities. Oh, my gosh. Her whole job was to type out all like the details of what happened. I don't know, but I remember her name was Tiffany. She got stuck with all the fatalities, and the guy was like, "She, I mean, this is what she does all day long." And all I was doing was ticket. It was a lot of ticketing, a lot of like you're speeding, how much over the speed limit you were going, you know, all that type. So if you'd have to type all that information in, I did some accidents but they were fender bender type things i think she was also the one who got all the train accidents because there would be train and car accidents Mm. as well and she would have to type all that information in i mean it was just really bad stuff but the funny thing about that job was that we shared a wall it was just a room of cubicles yeah and we shared a cubicle wall my department with some other department that was taking some sort of surveys also for the state Mm -hmm. and this one girl she had a script that she had to follow and she would call (laughs) All day long, I'm listening to her yeah. same script all day long. We didn't have headphones on, like, this yeah. is before the day of being able to do anything other than just, like, sit there and work. And so I would listen to her all day long say, and on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your satisfaction? And I was like... Satisfaction? Satisfaction, Thomas. I was like, I... <laughs> this girl, as many times as you said it, she couldn't get it right once. I remember it I one, guess that's what she thought the word was. I think it was supposed to be... Satisfaction and what's the other word she's mixing it with? Satisfaction and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what other the other I word is. I remember one time she hung up the phone and the girl next to her goes, "You realize you're saying satisfaction, right?" And she's like, "What?" <laughs> like she didn't even know she was saying it, but she didn't say satisfaction. She said satisfaction on a scale of one to ten. What is your satisfaction? Anyway, I heard that. A thousand times a day, and I was like, I what I'm it was like Chinese water torture where they just drip <laughs> one drop of water on you until you just go crazy. That is what this was like mm-hmm. listening to this girl mispronounce the same word over and over again all day Yikes. long. Yeah, jobs, man. You know what they do ultimately? They ultimately teach you how to be patient with other people, yeah, to deal with people. To, I mean, that's what life is about, right. Learning how to yeah, just deal I think with it, it also helps you. You find out a lot about what you want to actually do for a living, or don't want to do, or don't want to. Do. I mean, yeah. probably in a lot of cases, what you don't want to do. Yeah, there was no one who was like, if you don't get a college education, you're going to be stuck working in a restaurant the rest of your yeah. life. Because there's plenty of people. A, I'm not one of those people that believes that college education is for everyone. Right. A huge proponent of people not going into trades and things like that. And there are plenty of people who are darn good at being lifetime waiters, waitresses, hostesses. Yeah. They're very good at it and they enjoy their jobs. Yeah, and they make good money doing it. And they it. make good money doing it. Yes, yep. absolutely. So there is there is a place for everyone. And there's a job for everyone, but I sure did go through a lot of, what do they say, frogs before I hit my prince as far as a job was concerned. Yeah. And my job is the one where I get to do whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah. I mean, that's what you figured out. I mean, you, that's where you started. Then you did some other stuff in the middle and you're like, I can't do this. I got to go. Yeah. I have to do my own thing. Yeah. No matter how hard it is and it's darn hard to own your own business. Yeah. I would rather do this than do anything else. Yeah. Any, any day. So anyway. Yeah, and I think I'm the opposite. I don't think that I could. I could. I'll say this. I mean, on the days like I feel like I have to go to work, do work, 
and then come home and be done with work. Yeah, and you like that. Yes. I, I feel like it needs, I need that structure. I'm very, very productive when it's like that. Mm-hmm. On these days where, you know, like, you know, with all this uh, COVID stuff, we've had these virtual days where I get to teach from home. And so I don't leave. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't wake up and go work out in the morning. Yeah. You I just kind of yeah, I just kind of like, uh, and then eight o'clock rolls around, like, oh, let me turn on my Zoom and yeah, suddenly it's going, 2 yeah, and, yeah, and then like you just there's so much when I'm at school, when I'm at work that I'm just getting stuff done in my free time. It's super productive during my free time, and when it's time for school to be done, or if if it's during football season and we have football right after that, and I'm super productive at practice, and then I'm home and I like when I get home, I do stuff when I get home too. Like I feel like. As soon as I get home, I got to hit the ground running you know, at home too. If, if there comes a day when I am so busy that I've, I'm running a business with a ton of employees and my day is more structured, yeah. I think I'll handle that just as sure. well. It's just, so I don't, for me, I'm not even sure it's a structure or unstructured thing. Right. I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not good at, at analyzing that stuff yeah. at all. So maybe I mean, every, it's, it's different for everybody, but I, I know that about myself that I, that I need that if I don't have that. Like when I was painting, painting with my air quotations. I mean, we did, we did nothing, nothing. Yeah. You had no. such a waste of time. Are you not good at setting goals and then achieving them? I don't, I don't think that that's what it is. I think it's a, if I know I have this to get done with only this amount of time. Yeah. I will get that and extra stuff done. Huh. If it's, oh, you got all day to get it done. You'll take all day to get it done. I'll take all day and I'll barely get it done. Interesting. And I'll waste so much time in between that. Interesting. It's Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You give me, if you told me, like those baseboards that I was supposed to work on today, if you just said, hey, you got we need to get that done in an hour, I would have got them all done in an hour. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, hey, on Sunday, can we do the baseboards? I'm like, well, Sunday's 24 hours long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I can get them done in that time. And I didn't finish them. Yeah. You know, I got, I mean, I got a decent chunk of it done, but. If I knew that we had a bunch of other stuff packed into today. Yeah, you would have. I'm like bouncing off the walls getting stuff yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't, and I, but I know that about myself. I know that if I don't keep myself structured. Well, just for the record, I really enjoyed today because it was very easygoing and laid back. And right. we still got a lot of stuff. I felt like I was productive today. Yeah. Got the Cushman worked on. My dad came over. Got the pool cleaned out. We're making our way towards spring. Yeah, it's happening. It felt like spring outside today, and I think if I I could see people walking down the street in the neighborhood because I know everybody's like, yeah, it's, oh, it's been the it's, it's a first nice day in yes. a couple weeks probably. Yeah, people are gonna be out working in their yards. So that's our conversation on our first jobs. If you guys have any questions or comments for us, or want to tell us about your first job, I would love to hear some first. We jobs. had a lot of good um, comments after our our last episode. So we did. Why are we not talking about them? People commented about the. Triple jumping um, your undies. My <laughs> undies. There's <laughs> just a lot of conversation about those types of it things. It was a good episode. Um, so if you guys want to comment or send us your own first job stories, any of that stuff, send it to us um, on Facebook at Building Aaronsburg, on Instagram at Building Aaronsburg, or you can email us at buildingarensburg at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs>